KCRW sponsors include Make It Universal and Rotten Tomatoes, presenting Scene on the Screen with Jacqueline Coley, a new podcast about the people at NBC Universal and the movies that define them. Available wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. I'm Joe Morgenstern, the film critic of The Wall Street Journal. Steve McQueen's shame is about a man trying to lose himself in soulless sex. The remarkable thing about it is that it keeps us connected to the hero, Brandon, even though he's disconnected from the world around him and especially from himself. That success is due to Michael Fassbender's phenomenal performance. He's handsome and virile. He's also nuanced and fiercely focused. The movie is rated NC-17 for explicit sex. It puts it tortured hero in a stylized setting of offices and clubs, gives him an austere apartment with dramatic views of lower Manhattan, and contrasts his emotional recessiveness with the frantic volatility of his self-destructive sister, Sissy. She's played brilliantly by Carrie Mulligan. A lot of it is banal or pretentious or both, vacuous vignettes about emptiness. The accent is mainly on style. McQueen is a celebrated painter, and he brings his artist's eye to every frame of the film. Every now and then, though, one of those stylish vignettes turns out to be not so vacuous at all and bursts into passionate life. Ever since Shame hit the festival circuit, it's been described as a film about a sex addict. The publicity uses the same trendy term. That may make the hero more sympathetic if only the poor guy could put a lid on his urges with the equivalent of a nicotine patch. But calling him an addict, which the film itself never does, tends to conventionalize his situation. A more interesting notion, the link between sex and death, comes up in A Dangerous Method. That's another movie in which Fassbender gives another terrific performance as the psychiatrist Carl Jung. In Brandon's case, a conflicted search for pleasure and self-annihilation may be leading him toward the latter because for reasons unspecified though implied, he can't open himself to the former. Those reasons have to do with his close and tortured relationship with his sister. She's a singer with a little girl voice that can barely fill a small club. And the scene that implies them most strongly is the longest one in the film. It's when Sissy sings to an audience that includes Brandon and his buddy David, who's also his boss. The song she sings is New York, New York, and she sings it really slowly. It lasts for a few seconds under five minutes. As performance, this is hypnotic. Sissy savors every note of every phrase. As drama, it's risky and eventually becomes the wrong kind of showstopper. As character revelation, though, the sequence justifies at least several of those five minutes. Brandon reacts to his sister's tawdry glamour with an anguished intensity that helps explain a cryptic remark that comes later when Sissy says, in a telephone cry for help, we're not bad people, we just come from a bad place. I'm Joe Morgenstern. I'll be coming from the same place right here next week. KCRW sponsors include Make It Universal and Rotten Tomatoes, presenting Scene on the Screen with Jacqueline Coley, a new podcast about the people at NBC Universal and the movies that define them. Available wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.